Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God and to stir within all of us a greater heart after God. Welcome uh, to this broadcast. Now, this morning, in my devotional time, in my quiet time, I went through Psalm 34 and was very impressed at how verses 1 through 6 dovetail so well into our message today that will come from the Gospel of Luke. And so if you have a Bible, please turn with me to to Psalm 34, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 6, and these verses will pave the way for what we're going to study in Luke chapter 12 today. David says in Psalm 34, beginning in verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times, literally in Hebrew, in every season. That is, when things are going our way, our way, when they're going well, and when they're not going well, or when they're not going our way. But David, the man after God's own heart, says, I will bless the Lord at all times, in every season, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Notice that David is being decisive to put God first. My soul will make its boast in Yahweh, the personal, active, covenant-keeping one. The humble will hear it and rejoice. The proud won't. Oh, magnify Yahweh with me, and let us exalt his name together. Notice where the focus is. The focus is on the covenant-keeping one. And then David says in verse 4, I sought Yahweh, and he answered me. The word sought means to frequent. And so there's an idea there that, (laughs) that in seeking God, and this is important for our message today, that uh, God answered him, but what David seems to be implying is that the answer didn't necessarily come automatically or right away, but David had to persevere in prayer and be patient in prayer. Those are two vital qualities, my friends. When it comes to prayer, it is perseverance or persistence and patience. We must be willing to wait patiently on God for his answers. And this is what David modeled, isn't it? I sought Yahweh and he answered me. And that Hebrew word answered, aneh, can mean to respond to someone in a joyful manner. 
it can, in some cases, it even means to sing in reply to that. What, what an amazing thing that that tells us about the nature of God, how good he is. And so David's testimony is, I sought Yahweh and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. That's vital for our passage today in Luke. They looked to him, verse 5, and were radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. What a promise. Verse 6, this poor man or this afflicted or this humble man, the Hebrew word can mean all three, cried, and the Lord heard him. Not cried as in tears necessarily, but cried out for God to intervene in his life. This poor man cried, and Yahweh heard him and saved him out of all his troubles or distresses. Let's pray before we get into the primary part of our message, which is entitled today, How to Overcome Fear and Anxiety, from Luke chapter 12 and verses 22 through 34. How to Overcome Fear and Anxiety, from Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 22. Please join me in prayer. And now, Father, we're asking that you would be glorified through this message, and that we would bear great fruit for your namesake, Lord Jesus, according to your word in John 15. Let us bear great fruit both presently and eternally by the way we respond to your word. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would stir us now to hunger and thirst for you and for your word and seek you and search for you with all of our hearts. Father, may the heavens be opened. May we see and hear and receive all that you have for us, and let it result in the glory of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen and amen. Now, beloved, have you ever noticed how easily worry or fear sneaks up on you? and how easily it can dominate your thinking and your emotions if you're not careful. Things can be going just fine for you. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, adversity comes, and now your stomach is in knots, so to speak, because of circumstances that seem to be against you. Circumstances that they don't look good. But my friend, did you know that Jesus knows these things? He's on it, that the Father cares for you, that God, our Father, cares for you? Did you know that he knows about every single penny that you have and that you don't have? <laughs> and did you know that no matter how much money or security you might have, even rich people worry about money, and it can dominate their thinking. I was reading the other day a book uh, that reminded me that back in 2008, when there was a financial crash, how many very wealthy business executives committed suicide 
because of the financial crash, because their lives were bound up in finances. It dominated their thinking. So worry is not the domain of the poor. It's also the domain of the rich. Now, my friends, it's when we look to Jesus, it's when we center our affection, our devotion on him, our dependence upon him, that we are truly happy. And may I remind you that he can and he will free us from worry and fear, but that the Christian life is a relationship. It's a partnership with him. And what he calls for us to do is to learn to simply trust him with childlike faith. And this is how I've learned to trust him since 1981, when I became a believer in Jesus, by renewing my mind and building my faith through meditating on his word and on his promises. And I'll mention some of those. I hope to remember to mention some of those when we get to the end of this message today. Now let's read Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 22, and we are in our series called the Know Your Faith series as we go through the gospel of Luke. And Jesus said to his disciples, Luke 12, verse 22, for this reason, I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. When he says, do not worry, that that is in the present tense, and it's a command. That is, Jesus is saying, guard your heart from worry dominating your life. Now, we may worry for a split second. We may worry for a day. But in the midst of our word, we must be working out faith in the Lord through prayer, through the declaration of God's word to guard our hearts against letting worry into our hearts and into our minds and then becoming a stronghold so that worry is the motivating factor for everything that we do rather than trust in God. This is what Jesus is saying. And that tells, it tells us, my friends, that he cares about our well-being. So he says, do not worry continually about your life as to what you'll eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Why? He tells us in verse 23, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. And now he gives a simple example from everyday life in verse 24. Consider the ravens. Now that's a surprise that he would say something like that. The word consider is a command as well. It means to perceive, to understand, to take knowledge of. Consider the ravens. Now this is what's surprising but it's intentional, the ravens were considered to be unclean animals. 
What does that tell us? That God is concerned about clean animals and unclean animals. Notice what Jesus says. He says, consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, and they have no storeroom nor uh, nor barn, and yet God feeds them. And I love how he says this in the rest of verse 24, how much more valuable you are than the birds. Now think about this with me, my friends. Jesus tells us that God cares for even unclean animals, birds, ravens. And so if he knows what they need and enables them to find the food that they need to find, how much more concerned is he for us who are created in his image and according to his likeness, who can pray, who can trust him, who can ask him to meet our needs. And we're going to do that at the end of this broadcast. We're going to pray for those needs. Well, Jesus goes on in verse 25, and and just he really is hammering home this point. And he says in verse 25, And which of you, by worrying consistently, can or is able to add a single hour to his life's span? In other words, Jesus is saying, take my perspective for your life. Take a step back. Look at me. Listen to my word. Meditate on my word. Draw near to me. Pray to me and to the Father and give us room and time to meet your needs. If we can't even add, if if worrying about all these things, we can't even add a moment to our lives, then what's the point of worrying? There's no point in worrying. Consider, not listen, Jesus is, again, he is driving home the point because he understands how vulnerable we are to worry and to anxiety. And so he's, look at this, he's giving several examples, several illustrations. And so this next one in verse 27, consider, same word as in verse 24, Take this seriously. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither they neither toil nor spin. And I love this, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory, remember he was the richest man on the face of the earth, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. Now, how did Jesus know that? <laughs> it's because he is God. He is God from all eternity. And as a matter of fact, he, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, provided for Sol- Solomon. They enabled him to be as wealthy as he was. Now, verse 28, Jesus is teaching, but if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, that's probably a figure of speech speaking of how the plant life can wilt under the intense heat of Israel's land. 
Well, if he does this, Jesus says, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? Now, my friends, I don't know about you, but I wonder what was the Lord's tone of voice like when he, when he, <laughs> that's pretty blunt, isn't it? He called them men of little faith. Was it sarcastic? Was it harsh? Was it demanding? Was it disdainful? Was it a rebuke? I, and I mean by that a harsh rebuke? I don't think so. I think that the Lord, I know the Lord, whenever he says anything, even if it's a hard saying, his heart is always for redemption. He always speaks the truth in love. He may have said it with a smile, but the disciples surely understood his point. That to worry about all the things of life, to be anxious about all the things of life, is a display of little faith. Jesus wants to stretch their faith. He wants to grow their faith to have great confidence in a prayer answering, covenant keeping, miracle working God. Would you say amen with me? Think about this, my friends. The disciples are going to carry on the Lord's work in the earth, and we are to carry on the Lord's work in the earth. And therefore, it's so vital for us to learn to trust him. And that's why Hebrews 10 verses 35 through 11, 1 is such an important passage uh, that focuses on faith. And it's something that I committed to memory decades ago. And I, and I quote it when I need my faith built or when I've given in to worry or anxiety. I need the Word of God to renew my mind, to build my faith, and to change my attitude from fear to faith, from fear to faith. And it says, therefore, Hebrews 10, verse 35, therefore, do not throw away your confidence which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance. This is patience. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction. We are those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, my friends, we walk by faith and not by sight. 
And then lastly, Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. That is, he is present, active, and covenant-keeping. He is faithful. He is a prayer-answering, covenant-keeping, miracle-working God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. What does the writer of Hebrews mean? What I just said. He is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do. Must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, literally in Greek, who exhaust their resources in seeking him. By the way, the Greek word translated worry can mean to brood, to speculate, to try to figure it out, to inquire. Well, no wonder another memory passage of mine that I've quoted thousands of times over these last 41 years of following Jesus, and I'm sure you've committed it to memory as well. It says this, trust in the Lord, in Yahweh, with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him, and he will make your paths straight. Sometimes I have to tell myself when he says, um, do not lean on your own understanding, I have to put it in common terms. Brad, don't try to figure it all out. Let God be God and you be you. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> this is good. Boy, this passage is so important to us, isn't it, my friends? And so I hope that I've explained the idea, the heart behind Jesus saying, you men of little faith. He wasn't trying to put his disciples down, but he was challenging them to trust God, to trust the Father. And so we'll finish this passage in verse 29. And so he says, and do not seek, again, this is a command, it's in the present tense, what you will eat or what you will drink, drink and do not keep worrying. You see, how Jesus keeps digging and digging and digging. Clearly, he knows how important this is. And I think, I was thinking about this earlier today, that I, I don't know about you, but I could hear a message on this or read this passage every single day, and it still would minister to me and challenge me. He says, do not keep worrying. Why? Verse 30, for all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek. These are pagan people. Jesus is saying, don't be like the pagans who don't even have a relationship with God. But your father, what a difference, what a contrast. Your father knows what you need, knows that you need these things. Verse 31, but seek his kingdom. G Matthew says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then he ends his teaching 
with such an encouraging word in verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. You see, we're part. We are the church, but we are part of the kingdom of God. That is, my friends, the rule and the reign of God in the earth. God is not limited. God has all resources. He can move supernaturally. And all that he's calling us to do in this passage is to trust him, which involves persistence. It involves patience. It involves humility. And it involves waiting on God. Those are the things that I want to urge you to do. And I want to urge you to declare scripture. In fact, you could actually read over this yourself. You could memorize it. You could pray it back to God the Father. You should, if you haven't already, memorize Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Memorize Hebrews 10, verses 35 through Hebrews 11, 1 and 6. And meditate on these things. Uh, speak them out loud, pray them, chew on them, absorb them, let them build your faith and renew your mind. You see, my friends, it's the Word of God that always enables us to overcome insofar as we are doers of the Word and not hearers who delude themselves. So I want to urge you to be men and women and young people of action. And I bless you to be able to do that in the name of Jesus. Now, let me pray for needs all over this listening audience. Father, I'm thinking of the people of Turkana that desperately need rain, but they're not the only ones. This message is going out through most of the world or half the world. And I'm asking, we're asking, would you agree with me, my friends? Father, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You control the rain. And would you cause it to rain now in the areas of this world that are barren? Would you bless the crops and the livestock of farmers and uh just people all over the world that are crying out to you. I add my faith with theirs and declare that nothing is impossible with you and nothing is impossible to those who believe. And so pour out, Father, your blessing in the name of Jesus. And then, Father, would you meet other needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus? The obvious one is finances. Finances across the board for every single need. Would you meet every need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus? Father, persecution is much on my mind, and it comes at the hands of the wicked, and frankly, especially Muslims who are persecuting your people. 
and I'm wanting to pray. I pray now that you would cover and protect my brothers and sisters, especially in the nation of Nigeria, and that the wrath of God would come down on the heads of those who are persecuting your people, and that you would save many of them as well, that they would humble themselves. Lord Jesus, appear to them. Cause your angels to appear to them. Soften their hard hearts and deliver these people from their deception in the mighty name of Jesus. And then, Lord Jesus, I'm asking for a release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that especially you would bring forth, you would confirm this preaching of the gospel with signs, wonders, and miracles, and that you would heal bodies all over this listening audience. My friend, in the name of Jesus, be healed of your sicknesses and your diseases and afflictions. Be healed in the name of Jesus, and may you give him the glory and let me know to build my own faith how these prayers are being answered in your midst by going to my website, bradably.com. Click on the connect button and let me know what's going on, would you? God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.